All right, Richard Campbell, first in. <laughs> G'day, Richard. Thanks for joining, mate. George is here. Good morning, all. Good morning. So you must be Europe side. Ken, g'day, everyone. Thank you very much for joining. What's a Friday evening, my time? It's nice here. <laughs> it's really nice here. I just tweeted a photo about an hour ago, just walking along sunset, winter, perfect conditions. Just beautiful. Been doing... Um, some more 3D printing. I've got to show you this. This is so cool. I tweeted this earlier today. So for those listening to this later on, I'm holding a Looney Tunes Foghorn Leghorn, which looks absolutely freaking amazing. <laughs> it's super, super cool. It's multicolor. Someone said, even though I explicitly said it wasn't, someone said in response to the tweet, is this MMU? Is this the multi-material unit of the Prusa, which can use multiple different filaments to print one thing, but in different colors. Uh, and no, it is not. This is very old school. Print each part separately with the different color filament. So you can do it if you've got a, a printer that only does one filament at a time. And we, we just printed the whole thing. And then Al and I glued it up together last night. And it looks, it looks like, like we're all Bugs Bunny fans, right? <laughs> like as kids or Looney Tunes fans. The artist that created this is on printables.com, which is the... Let's call it the successor to Thingiverse, the good, clean version, curated version of Thingiverse run by Prusa. Uh, and this artist has got a whole bunch of different Looney Tunes stuff, which I think we're going to have to start printing more of. Not entirely sure what we're going to do with them all, but damn, they look cool. They look really, really cool. So uh, I'm just going to leave him here on my desk <laughs> for a little while. Okay, let me talk about sponsor. It is Collide again. I've had Collide on there for many weeks now. Massive thanks to Collide. Endpoint security solutions for teams that want to meet SOC 2 compliance goals without sacrificing privacy. And uh, compliance, not always the most uh, interesting, engaging thing in the world, but Collide doing their bit to help people meet that. So compliance goals, employees make them happen. I like the imagery here. <laughs> this is cool. I like this website. Uh, also looks for things like, I like this. It's nice when we get crossover between different sponsors. Looks for things like a password manager being installed with the little one password logo next to it, which, uh, of course, I'm also a massive proponent of. Go and check out Collide. Big thanks to them for being a very long-term sponsor now. Who else is in here? Uh, Rob is a TGIF from HK, which we would assume to be over in Hong Kong. Uh, Ken, is, uh, Ken is in Belgium. So, Ken, I just went, well, Charlotte and I just went, just for a nice walk to a brewery. Now, I, uh, I shared a, a tweet of this earlier on in the week. So, a, a brewery opened up near us not so long ago, just specializing in Belgian beers. And we sampled some <laughs> last weekend, and they're epic. They're quad which is a 9.5% beer, as good Belgian quads tend to be. It's just just beautiful. So we, we did go and grab a large number <laughs> of cans from there. Just sitting down in my garage, just waiting for Friday evening. Oh, look at that, Friday evening. So, Ken, Belgium, joining all the dots. Neil's in Sydney. Q-Wolf says, that looks killer. I assume we're back on Foghorn. Leghorn there. <laughs> Richard says, it looks too good to be 3D printed. And it's epically good. Now, you've you got to get really, really close to see any flaws whatsoever. If I run my finger over the over his belly, sounds kind of weird, but there are some very, very fine lines. I did this at a 
0.2 millimeter layer height, which is fine for this sort of thing, because as you said, it looks killer from there. Uh, I could have done that at a finer layer. It would have taken a lot longer to print. The body being the largest bit was the longest to print. That was 14 hours, I think, for the body. But there's just lots of fine details. Like It's, it's probably a little bit hard to see it even on the video. But uh, his feet have toenails. In fact, I think you can see that in the video. The toenails are so small, I had to use tweezers to, to glue them onto the end of his feet. And it looks like one of those. <laughs> it's a bit crooked, I've just noticed. His eyeballs. The eyeballs, which of course are black, we printed this morning. It was a one-minute print which was basically just like, they must be like, I don't know, two or three millimetres across. So the attention to detail on this model is just just really, really cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's jump into this. There's not a nice way to put this. Uh, all right, here's the title of the tweet. I'm just going to read it and try and be serious about it. An anti-vaccine dating website that allows users to donate mRNA-free semen left its users' personal data exposed online. <sighs> let's, just, let's just... Where do you even begin with this? We'll be half serious. Half serious, half... It's kind of funny for multiple reasons. Now, the story here is that uh, an anti-vaccine dating website, and of course, look, semen gets headlines, let's be honest, uh, that is not really the point of the service. It's an anti-vaccine dating website that allows users to procure mRNA-free semen leftists, use personal data exposed online. The site is called Unjected. Launched in May last year, claims to be the largest unvaccinated platform on the internet. They initially made headlines in August after the app was removed from the App Store for violating the company's policies regarding COVID-19. Turns out if you spread shit in the App Store, they really like to remove your things. Uh, similar in design to Twitter and often referred to as the Tinder for anti-vaxxers, Unjected was, has remained rather under the radar ever since, quietly adding new features for its small user base. Yeah, because you're a minority. Because you're wrong. Anyway, uh, <laughs> site now offers what it describes mRNA-free uh, blood match and fertility directories. <sighs> it's just, I don't know. Like, there's a there's an irony about this. I'm not even sure exactly exactly what it is. Uh, what are we exposing here? Uh, IP addresses, browser information, more. Well, let's do the half serious bit. The half serious bit is that uh, if we get to vaccinations, immunizations, anything to do with the stuff that gets injected into you. We are in the realm of health. Health is sensitive personal information. It is something that, regardless of your views on vaccines and everything else, everyone has the right to have privacy on. So as soon as we have health data exposed, that does make it a much more serious incident. And, and then, of course, we, we are talking about something which is controversial. Uh, the, the controversy here being to reject the science <laughs> of just about everyone and go, look, I don't like vaccines. Uh, that might be something that many people would want to keep private. To then have that tied to your email address and your IP address doesn't really make it so private anymore. I'm interested, actually. Do I actually look at this site when it happened? Unjected. Un unjected login is one of the top searches. Okay, unjected.com. Uh, connect with like-minded people all over the world right now. Censor-free, pro-medical, freedom, unvaccinated. Censor-free. I love it when they say censor-free. 
there is always a point at which anything that allows you to run some sort of a social media platform gets censored. A number of times I've had these discussions, especially with Americans, because they're very one of the amendments about free speech. Yeah, all speech, oh, free, all speech. I haven't tried any of the Belgian beers yet. All speech should be free. You should be able to say anything. So, well, what if? And I'll give some really atrocious examples. And they go, no, 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 you shouldn't be able to say that. So, okay, well, <laughs> not so free then. There's always a bar. Remember Craigslist. So do we create listings for whatever subjects you want to find. What actually happened here? I'm almost afraid to get down that rabbit hole. Let me look at the comments. <laughs> Rob, sounds like a sticky situation. <laughs> yeah, you know what I said? I was going to try and be half serious. <laughs> okay, so here's the bit that's sort of relevant to this headline. We also offer Fertility Bank. What does it spell fertility with a capital F? Fertility Bank and Blood Bank, with a capital B, for unvaccinated people. Blood Bank for unvaccinated... Would it be like I'm in a car crash... I'm bleeding to death. I would like not to die. I'm going to turn to science and medicine to help me. <laughs> Irony. But please give me blood from someone who hasn't been... Like, is that how it works? How do you do that? Like, Fertility Bank, different. You have time to plan and to think about it. But the need for blood... Look, I guess there are certain medical conditions where you need blood transfusions and you're not just, like, in intensive care, trying not to die. Frequently asked questions. What is unjected? Created by two, two moms, American moms in Hawaii, it's American service, during the height of the vaccine rollouts. It's a multifaceted platform of health conscious, except for the bit about not getting vaccinated. Uh, freedom of speech for our oh, look, we've heard it all before. Uh, who's it for? What else was breached in here? Going back to the list on uh, the story here. Unjected website was brought back online today. Thompson's, Thompson, I assume is someone who runs it, has not made a public statement about its return. The most critical issue the exposed user data has been fixed. Numerous non-critical bugs remain. Oh, jeez. Well, that could go into Have I Been Pwned. And if it does, if it turns up and it goes into Have I Been Pwned, it will be a sensitive breach because of the reasons I just mentioned before. Like, it, it's medical data which has a connotation of associating someone to something which they may not want to be publicly associated to. It's a little bit the same way as if it was an adult website. So, okay, it was, it's legal, usually. Uh, you might want to legitimately have an account there, but you might not want to be publicly associated to it. Although, curiously, I'm always curious about this. If we go to the login page of Unjected and we go to the forgot password and we fat finger something in here at gmail well gmail's a bit obvious at uh, mailandator.com let's really really fat finger this so no one's fat fingered this one before oh, email does not exist oh look it actually does that as like some sort of client side async postback like there is literally an API designed for numeration what if I change that again oh look at that oh this is so e oh the boy Request URL, unjected.com, forward slash accounts, forward slash check email existence, forward slash question mark, email equals. And then it literally comes back with the response, exist zero. So, were someone to have a very large list of email addresses, they'd just be able to, assuming no rate limits or other controls aside, there doesn't appear to be any obvious anti-automation here, they could literally just go through and smash 
this API and figure out who has an account and who might be an ad, you know. Whether it's anti-vaxxers or not, like this is just the wrong implementation to have, but especially so when it's health data. <laughs> Richard says it's not illegal to be stupid. <laughs> the jails would be overflowing. Speaking of being stupid, <sighs> it's still like an anti-vaxxer rampage today. I, I shared something the other day, and I don't know how much everyone else does this, but I find it is fascinating to look at some of the commentary around COVID in particular, but other times when there are things which might be of which might be on that sort of conspiracy theory end of the spectrum. It could be global warming or fossil fuels or something like that, where there's massive scientific consensus on something, but somehow we seem to end up with a noisy minority dominating the comments. And I, I saw a tweet from the Premier of our, our great state of Queensland here during the week. Now, for those of you in other parts of the world who may not be aware of this, we do have a, a really significant uptick of COVID here in Australia. At the moment. I did mention this the other day, but Charlotte and both the kids had COVID again, like two weeks ago. That's the weirdest thing, because I had it in January. Somehow I dodged that bullet. I, I tested once when everyone else tested, and then I never had any symptoms, and I didn't test again. And then we came back from Tasmania from our holiday, spent a week with the kids, and then apparently one of them was positive. Actually, apparently both, both of them were positive. Uh, and then Charlotte tested, and she was positive with basically no symptoms. I tested, and I was negative. But anyway, massive uptick here in Australia. I think they're calling it sort of the third wave of COVID. And everyone has just become, as I'm sure they have in many parts of the world, just so over the whole thing. And you, you, you walk around the shops, and when, when Charlotte had it, and I was negative, and I was a close contact, if I went out, I'd put on a mask. Not hard to do. And I'd walk into like the Bunnings, a hardware store, and I'm the only one in there with a mask. And you know, I'm, for the most part, pretty open to when there's not a government mandate for people being able to do what they want to do there. But I did think it was odd. So anyway, our Premier tweets here. She says, it's time to come together again and fight. Very politician speak. Get vaccinated. Fair enough. Use a mask in crowds and indoors. Fair enough. And stay home if you're sick. Also fair enough. Thanks for looking after each other, Queensland. Now, to me, like this is this is almost like the most non-controversial advice anyone can give. It's it's it, it's not it, it's just basic, right? It's like vaccinated, wear a mask if you're around other people, and try and stay at home. It seems pretty reasonable. And then I started reading the responses, and as we were sort of going before, I don't know if you ever spent much time reading some of these, and it just it. It did my head in. <laughs> and, and some of it, like, we'll, we'll read some of these because it's entertaining. Uh, some of these are just baseless. This person. <laughs> okay. His, his name is Satoshi Sakamoto. So, you know, response, no. So, all right. Um, and then you, you read through and you, you start to sort of see how divisive this is. So, you know, there'll be people here saying, yeah, you have to make a mask mandate. There's a lot of people saying you have to mandate masks again because this is what obviously has a strong impact on, on the spread of viruses. Now, whether it's COVID or common cold or flu or whatever else it may, I mean, of course it makes sense if you wear a mask and you're blowing less of your stuff over people and you're breathing in less of the other people's stuff. Uh, this is not something that it really takes a scientist to figure out. Um, and then you get these really 
weird comments like this. Most people are waking up to the truth. It won't be much longer. And, the, and then I go down this rabbit hole because you start looking at who are these who are these people with these views? Now, this person is April <laughs> April Violets. What does she do? The world is a beautiful place, and it's for all of us, not just a select few. Okay. <laughs> all right. Not sure what to make of that. Uh, someone else here responds with an embedded tweet from Fox News quoting Tucker Carlson. We can probably move right past that one. Uh this person you've been hammering vaccine masks etc etc for over two years is it time to accept this is an airborne respiratory virus and those measures don't work andrew what does andrew do doesn't say this is what i find so so fascinating where there's this view that something doesn't work because there is still COVID, as opposed to something has an impact that won't get you to zero but it makes a really big difference kind of thing. Richard says, we got back on the weekend from one cruise, a one-week cruise of Alaska. Stacy got COVID. I didn't. So isn't it interesting? You could be so close to each other. And and Charlotte, incidentally, so this, I can't remember this was, it must have been like, oh, it would have been two weeks ago. It would be two weeks ago tomorrow. That was a Saturday. She tested, she was positive. Monday, we tested her twice on Monday and she was negative both times. The reason we did it twice is we did the test and the the fluid didn't sort of seek through into the uh oh, what do they call it the little plastic thing didn't go through in, into the test strip and so we went oh it's faulty so we did another one and it came out negative and then eventually the fluid went through in the first one tested her the day after that as well so tested her three times within 24 hours and every one of those was negative which i think is fairly strong negative uh so that was only two days after she was positive so i'm almost certain she was positive for many days before that but somehow I was negative. And then she was like, well, maybe you had it when we were in Tasmania. Because remember a few days you woke up and you were a little bit congested? And I was like, yeah, it was cold. <laughs> like it was really cold outside. I thought that's what it was. I don't know. See, and then someone will say, ridiculous to let it rip like that. Have the leadership to bring back and enforce mask mandates during large waves. Or hospitals get overrun and Queenslanders die unnecessarily. It's that simple. And then I was like, well, that's another end of the extreme. And then... Cherry Ann, who has a, a, a emoji of two cherries afterwards. Aussie patriot, happily married, coffee lover, God wins, Trump won. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so with that bio in mind, <laughs> Cherry Ann, assume it's a she, says, yes, let's do the same thing over and over and hope for a different outcome. <sighs> oh, God. And then, oh, I, I just, uh, there's a bit, this is the last one I'll read, because this, this rings a little bit closer to home, given my professional history. So I, I had 14 years at Pfizer, uh, well before COVID. So I left there in 2015. But I spent a lot of time inside an organisation where there was a, a lot of internal discussion, obviously, about uh, drugs and medicines and how they're, how they're advertised and promoted and also seeing a lot of external commentary especially along the lines of uh, pharmaceuticals aren't about a healthcare industry they're about a sickness industry because they're, they're there to treat sickness and that there's a degree of truth to that. Most of the money they made was from treating sickness uh, most of it was from uh, Lipitor uh, treating high cholesterol. Uh, we made Viagra, as so probably they still probably do make Viagra, uh, treating erectile dysfunction. It is treating things that are uh, physical 
ailments. There's very little which is preventative, although you could argue that the vaccine now is. There's a, an image in here that says the pharmaceutical industry does not create cures, they create customers. But, you know, okay, what's this person's bio? Let's, maybe, maybe they're like a geneticist or something. Uh, no, they say put every sitting major party MP last. <laughs> okay, so it's a political angle. Um, you know that these people are going to be the ones who want to take the medicine if they're generally properly... You know, you can't imagine someone... I'm sure it happens to a degree. We know it happens to a degree. But people get genuinely, genuinely sick saying, no, look, I don't want the pharmaceuticals because that makes me a customer. It feels like my blog post from last week <laughs> about who's the customer, who's the product. A lot more on the comments here. Nick 007 from London. G'day from London. You're, I think you're, you've cooled down by now. Uh, Heidi is in Adelaide. Finally made one of these live. G'day, Heidi. Uh, Stratus. I still have not had one single COVID test. I've had a, I've had a total of two. Um, they're not much fun. <laughs> I'm going to go and get my, my fourth shot, I think, next week. Uh, Charlotte has to wait a little bit longer. I think here, at least in Australia, they go, you should have a month after you've had it before you have a, a booster. But um, my mum said to me the other day, she's like, is this basically, is, you know, this is crazy now that you have to go and have a, a shot on a regular basis. Like, how hard is it? I had three shots on Monday, nothing to do with COVID, but we, we're going somewhere on our honeymoon, which does require us to have some shots. It is actually outside of the country. It's not that bad. One of them hurt like a bastard, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, but it's not that bad to do on a, like a semi-regular basis. Richard says, therein lies the question, how busy are the hospitals around there? Uh, yeah, at, uh, at pretty much the busiest they have been. So we have, uh, in, in terms of COVID hospitalizations, we have covidlive.com.au. And if we look at our, our state here in Queensland, so we've got about, I think, 5.3 million people here in uh, in Queensland now. We have, at present, it's actually down a little bit on last week. So last week we had just over 1,000 people uh, hospitalised with COVID. Now, the last time we had had that number was, uh, was never. I was thinking it was earlier this year. So earlier this year, when it started really ramping, we had 928 on the 25th of Jan. So that was the peak. And that was sort of our second wave. That was when uh, Charlotte and the kids both got it. But, you know, when we look back, say, a year ago, the number of hospitalizations, let's pick this exact date last year, just for the sake of comparison. 29th of July last year, it was 25, no, 42 people by then. So 42 people in hospital. Mind you, at that time, everyone was very scared about getting it because we had a lot less vaccinations. So 42 in hospital, uh, 906 in hospital as of today. But yeah, most most of the last week has been over 1,000. So it's, it's, it's high. Errol says, uh, those are unpleasant. Feels like the stick goes into your brain. Yeah, for the test, it, it does. You know you're doing it right when you test someone else when... They start screwing up their face and sneezing. That that seems to be the, the measure. Richard says, here the numbers are up. So Richard's in Vancouver. Other numbers are up, but not that much and far fewer serious cases. Uh, we do unfortunately have a, a, a bunch of deaths 
uh, as a result of this now. It, it is typically those of a demographic you'd expect, an, uh, an elderly demographic, very often underlying conditions and so on as well. But this, this of course, is something that impacts those people more than most. And when it, it is that rampant, I mean, we're very conscious of, um, you know, my parents are in their 70s. They're, they're going to be a higher risk than, than Charlotte or I am. Ah. Hector and Tito, hey all from America's 4am gang, <laughs> wow, good morning, nice early morning. Rob's had at least five mandatory COVID tests plus a number of rats, so I never did um, PCR tests, uh, Ari did, he was negative on all those, and it wasn't until he did the rats later on he became positive. Richard says, rolling up here for an Omicron specific vaccine. Rob's had three shots, hoping for the fourth man Omicron special edition. Errol, how's the flooding situation at your place? Nice change of subject. I'm happy with that. Your house wasn't filled with water. I uh, hope your house wasn't filled with water. So first of all, I'll do the easy bit first. Uh, by the time my house fills with water, the world has much bigger problems uh, as far as flooding goes, simply because we live on a canal and we have the at the absolute... And, and when I say canal, this is a tidal. So everything here f- runs in and out of the ocean. So we have probably, I think it's about 1.8 metres max tidal range. And at the absolute max I have ever seen, and it's, it's always easy for me to remember because I walk out the back of the house, go down one set of steps and then down another set of steps, the absolute max I've ever seen is covered like one step. Uh, if, the, if the water rose a metre really bad flooding, storm surge, king tide, everything at the same time. If it rose a metre, my jet ski would be floating in the boat shed, which wouldn't be good. Might damage the jet ski, might damage the roof. I don't know. <laughs> but that would be about it. It would have to raise, raise, rise, uh, at least two metres to, to actually be a problem for us. So, so we are fine here. Other properties would be much more exposed. We, we have... We probably have 10,000 properties on the water here on the Gold Coast. Um, other properties, not so much, including people we can see directly from here. It's more the more the inland stuff where uh, they'll get either lots of water that, that swells the creeks and the creeks expand, or there'll be uh, areas where they're just low-lying and, and the water just sits there and, and rises. But to be honest, I really haven't heard much about flooding lately. The last we had much rain was... It was actually while we were in Tasmania a few weeks ago, and of course earlier this year we had a lot of rain. But no, we're, we're all good now. Thanks, Errol. Phyllis is in the UK. Many people have a yearly flu jab. This is a regular jab. Yeah, same here. So we do this every year, and we literally walk down to the medical practice here, and you get the jab. And in fact, they made it free this year. I, th- I, th- I got the kids and us done, and it cost, I don't know, like $20 each or something like that. And then a couple of weeks later, they made it free because there's so much flu suddenly going around. Uh, it's not hard. Not hard. Richard says, 1 a.m. I should go to bed. I have a couple of briskets in the smoker. Oh. So Richard Ari was saying, uh, and Richard knows Ari, uh, he was saying we, we should get a smoker. So maybe we need to talk to you when you come and visit us very, very soon about getting a, getting a smoker. Let me talk about something else uh, InfoSec related. In fact, two other things InfoSec related. Customer.io data breach and malicious insiders. Now, I found this quite interesting. This has been in the news a bit uh, over the last, probably last week. 
So customer.io is an email delivery service where the customer engagement platform for savvy marketers, email, push notification, text messages, webhooks, blah, blah, blah. And the reason it was in the news is that OpenSea, so OpenSea is an NFT marketplace, a non-fungible token marketplace. So NFT had a whole bunch of customer data exposed because there was an insider at Open at sorry at uh, customer.io that basically stole their marketing list. So uh, imagine this, and uh, look, even for me, like I use Mailchimp on my blog. Now people come to my blog and then they see the little field and then they fill out their email address. That goes to Mailchimp. They manage this. I don't want to manage my own email list for all sorts of reasons. So that I, I don't have an issue with organizations using external services, but the, the problem then, of course, is that whether it's MailChimp or in the case of this story, a customer.io, can you trust that provider with your data? Now, I think back to the days that I was in Pfizer and it's still the same many organizations now that say, well, what we're going to do before we trust another organization with our data is we're going to get them to fill out a questionnaire. <laughs> the compliance officer has got this massive checklist of just like useless crap ahead of the, everything from policies around access rights and how do you terminate employees' accounts after they've left and what's your process for destroying uh, devices once they reach end of life. And then you end up with one person who, by the design of the nature of their role, has privileged access to information and they rip it off. And the reason this was in the news today, I had a bunch of people this morning send me uh, a message that came from Celsius Network. So Celsius Network. So Celsius, buy, swap, earn, borrow, and send crypto, all in one app with zero fees. Celsius are like, yeah, look, we got done by the customer.io breach as well. And in fact, customer.io has got a blog post here I linked to. Uh, now, this one was dated the 7th of July. So this was actually more than three weeks ago now. After further investigating the compromised OpenSea email address incident, we have learned today that the email addresses from five other customers were also provided to the external, same external bad actor. And of course, when it's crypto, the, the concern here is that knowing that there are a bunch of email addresses associated with crypto accounts or even just interested in the crypto space allows you to do much more targeted phishing. Now, I sort of made a, a comment here in the, the tweet thread, which is if if you, you're in this situation, like how how do you protect against the malicious insider? Because it's, it's a hard problem. When someone's really intent on being malicious within your organization, the controls that are required to limit either the opportunity for that to happen or at least increase the visibility are often counterintuitive to getting work done so things like segregation of duties it's like okay well that just means we need to have more people to effectively do the same thing or other controls that might be security controls or logging controls or other things that at the very least cost money to implement to work around the fact that someone that you hired might not be very nice or they might be getting leaned on by someone because they've got something that is being held over them uh they might just be incentivized. You'd have to think that whoever took this data and provided it to a bad actor, which is the way it reads here, must have had a reason for doing it. So it's a hard one. It's a hard problem. 
I don't think the answer is to not use services like this because you start doing your own campaign management, you create a whole bunch of other problems that you don't have if you do use campaign management. Tricky, tricky. What's in the comments here? Uh, <laughs> Richard has opinions about smokers. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll have plenty of time very, very soon. Now, um, one more thing. And this was, this was something that I, I had to deal with this week. Uh, there was a data breach I put in Have I Been Pwned, which allegedly, allegedly came from a service called Paytm. Now, I'm just going to find my tweet thread on this. It's kind of relevant to the discussion here. Now, Paytm is an Indian company. I was going to be more descriptive, but I'm, I'm hesitating. I'll explain why. Their, uh, okay, their Twitter bio here is possibly not in English. <laughs> and then it says, for support, reach out to Paytm Care. So the, the backstory with this is for some time, I have seen data circulating, which has allegedly come from this Indian company, uh, Paytm. Now, my understanding is Paytm is actually a payment provider. And in fact, just to try and use their words rather than mine, Paytm.com, India's most loved payments app, Recharge and pay bills, book flights, movie tickets, open a savings account, invest in stocks and mutual funds, and do a lot more. Now, the reason I started hesitating when describing them is it seems that under the name Paytm, there are multiple different things. So one is the financial stuff here. There appears to be a Paytm mall where you can buy stuff. In some of the comments I saw later on, there are other Paytm things. It's not clear how closely related they all are. It doesn't really matter for the purpose of the story. Now, someone sent me more data again during the week. Same thing again. And I went, look, I've just got to pick it up, take a better look at it, figure out what's going on because there's several million email addresses. So three days ago, I, I tweeted and I included a link to the Economic Times of uh, India. And they did a story in 2020 about this. And the headline here is, Paytm suffers massive data breach, ransom demanded. And within their Paytm, deny it. Now, part of the problem here is that for a company that has been breached, it's not unusual for them to deny it. And then you go down this whole path of basically just surfacing all the evidence. And then eventually they just run out of the ability to deny it. And they're like, OK, yeah, it did actually happen. I've written about this before. Uh, data breach denial. Just search that up and you'll find it. I went through like the five stages Kubler-Ross style of data breaches. And anyway, and then in this thread, it's like there was a bunch of other weird stuff that happened after this with hackers blaming hackers and misattributing, etc. Uh, and I, what I end up doing to try and just sort of establish, is this a genuine breach or not? And I often do this when I'm unsure and it's serious enough to look into it further, is I grabbed the 30 most recent Have I Been Pwned subscribers that are in this corpus of data. It's like literally just a join in the SQL table. That's how sophisticated this is. And I emailed them and I said, hey, look, there's a news story over here. Your data is there. If I was to send you your data, could you possibly come back and tell me if the data is correct and you're a user of this service? And each person I contacted came back and said yes. So, for example, someone here said, uh, and all this is in a public tweet thread too. I wanted to be transparent about exactly what I found. They said, that's all correct for the details. I had signed up on Paytm. Okay. Next person says, hi, Troy. This is my data. 
However, the phone number is old and I'm not using that number now. All the details are correct. Otherwise, I have used Paytm in the past. And the third one here says, yes, it's correct. I'm using Paytm. So, so okay, three from three, 100% hit rate. It is legitimate enough. So let me explain what I mean by that, that comment. Usually, and, and later on in the thread, I, I expand on this a little bit, but usually with verifying a data breach, it, it's about a confidence level. Now, I, I can't put this in numbers. I can't quantify the confidence level. But the confidence is increased when you see things like lots of references to the alleged site in the data itself, which there was in this case. Confidence is increased when there are people in the alleged breach who respond like these three people did. It's like, yes, this is real data, and yes, I use that service. So it, it got to the point where it's like, there is enough confidence here to say, let's put this in Have I Been Pwned, reach out to the people and let them know, or the Have I Been Pwned subscribers impacted, let them know what happened, which I did. And then suddenly I got a lot of news in India. And then I got contacted by Paytm. Now... I will say, and in fact, I didn't ever put this in the thread. I will say the person that reached out was was good. Uh, this was not a lawyer, and I sort of implicitly said this because later on I've updated this thread, and I said the head of Paytm's InfoSec security team reached out, uh, and and it is this is the person's role. So it wasn't a lawyer, which is on occasion in the past has happened, and that's just that's never good for many reasons. And they had many reasons why they felt this wasn't real, and I, I'd said, look. You know, from my perspective, I don't really care where the data leads us so long as it leads us to the most truthful position we can find. Now, I said that rather than the truth because I think it's very hard to, to be emphatic about these things. And I just put a bunch of questions to him. I said, look, if, if this is correct, if you're correct rather, uh, and it is not from your services, then we should be able to demonstrate ABC, which was largely... Uh, you know, is the data in here so you've got to go and get the data don't tell me you've seen this before you need to go and download what I have seen because it might be different download what I've seen and then for example are there fields within this corpus of data which you simply have never collected and, and they're like yeah like we never collected this and we never collected that okay well that's that's actually pretty important further are there email addresses in that corpus of data which you just simply don't have on your system and they're like yeah yeah there's lots of email addresses Okay, I've got to take you at your word for that. But if I was in your position, that's the first thing I'd be doing. I'd be like, okay, is this real? Uh, grab all the email addresses here. Grab the ones here. What is What does the Venn diagram look like? Like, is there a lot of crossover? Is there very little crossover? And now they later on said there's about 5% crossover. That's very little. Now, their view is that of the Have I Been Pwned subscribers who came back with a positive response, they said, well, look, many people have accounts across many different services and it's entirely possible the data came from somewhere else. Their data is the same as what it would be in that other service because like email address, phone number, name, the city they live in, that's going to be the same whether you're on Paytm or uh, competing payment provider. And yes, that's that's true. I'm still, I'm still not entirely sure why I got a 100% hit rate if they're getting like a 5% hit rate. But there were also a lot of email addresses in that corpus, and I actually said this in the thread before I got to the point of loading it, which did look a bit odd. There are a lot of info at, in fact, I think I said there's something like 70,000 info at 
domains. 72,000, which was a little bit strange, but not strange enough to decrease the confidence beneath that level where I had enough confidence to say that this is a, a data breach from Paytm. Anyway, so I think once they came back with their responses, I went, all right, well, that, to me, has dropped that confidence level enough, assuming I take everything that they've said at face value, that I'm going to change the classification to fabricated and will agree that it didn't come from Paytm. Uh, and they're very happy with that, which, which is fine. I don't know that that really helps the individuals in the data, not least of which, in fact, there's a final tweet in this thread, not least of which because this data is on a public clear web hacking website forum being extensively exchanged. It's not the dark web. <laughs> literally corrected someone in Twitter with this because they're like, oh, you know, sharing my story and then it's like, data's on the dark web. I never said it was on the dark web. It's literally like www.nameofforum.com uh, and here's the data. <sighs> so it doesn't really help the folks that are in this data. They don't get any more clarity as to where it's come from, but it wouldn't really change anything anyway, would it? Like if they could go, all right, it wasn't Paytm, it was this other payment provider. Well, it's still out there. What are you going to do, like mount a class action against a company in India to try and claim data privacy? I, I, a, I don't think your chances are real good. B, you might get your four bucks, <laughs> which is what people tend to get out of class actions from data breaches. Kind of sad. So much data, and we just don't know where a lot of it's come from. All right, so that is pretty much everything I had on my list today. I think I'm going to cut it a little bit shorter today and uh, and go and find that Belgian beer that uh, that I mentioned just before. So thank you very much for watching. I uh, I've actually got something really fun that I'm working on that I fully intend to have out next week to align with next week's sponsor. And there's a company that's never sponsored me before but you all know them, and it's working on something which I'm actually pretty excited about because it involves messing with people that deserve to be messed with. So I'm going to park that one for now. I'm going to try and build the rest of that over the weekend, write the blog post up next week, and hopefully I'll be talking about it a week from now, probably in the morning my time. So stay tuned for that one, and thank you for joining. See you, folks. <laughs>